What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we get into a brand new spooky movie. And mm -hmm. this week, we're talking about a movie that we have been waiting to talk about for a little bit. I say that like it's been a year. We It's been like two weeks <laughs> that we've been waiting to talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, we've definitely been, like, hinting that we were going to talk about this movie, um, especially since, uh, you know, going to the premiere and everything. We have kind of not been able to shut up about this one. It's kind of been on our minds. Yeah. And, you know, we were just crafting the right time to actually get to talk about it. Yeah. Spoiler alert, if you guys follow us on Instagram, I know for sure I put something on there after we saw the movie, just like some general thoughts. And I was very much positive in my praise for the movie. Yeah. And um, that was legit. Those were real <laughs> feelings. <laughs> I tell the truth. Yeah, I was really ha pleased after seeing this movie. So I, yeah, just not to hold you guys in any suspense because you already... <laughs> know how we feel about it if you've heard us mention this movie at all but we wanted to dig a little deeper and get into the nitty-gritty of it now that it's been out for a little bit and you have more access to it if you have been able to go check it out but i think just to start off mm -hmm. we will just kind of continue our general thoughts for anybody who maybe hasn't seen or heard us talk about this movie we'll just kind of put our general thoughts out there for you guys no spoilers or anything and then also like a couple little tidbits fun facts from the our experience of of getting to see this yeah like erica said if you've been like following us for the past for the pack for the past couple <laughs> of weeks you you already know kind of how we both feel about this one so it's not too much of a surprise but yeah no we really like this one i remember both of us right after the premiere like walking out and just not being able to kind of shut up about the experience of watching this film um because it's super tense this is a very tense suspenseful movie definitely leaning on the thriller side i think more so than the horror yeah i'd agree with that if i, if I was gonna place it somewhere but it definitely uses horror elements throughout and especially towards the end i think you really do slip into the world of horror and mm -hmm. personally i found it to be a nice mix of both genres yeah i think it works fairly well as far as it has elements that it's taken from horror to kind of up the suspense. To me, it feels like they're using horror more as a tool to up the suspense rather than the other way around, mm -hmm. where I feel like some horror movies use suspense to up the fear. In this one, like the horror moments are pretty few and far between. You'll like once they come, 
you'll be like, oh, that could have been taken straight out of a slasher or a ghost movie or something like that. And you're like, okay, I can see how that maybe influenced what they're doing here. But I agree with you in the sense that it feels much more thriller-esque. It kind of reminds me of when we had our conversation many moons ago when we did our Dave Made a Maze episode and we kind of talked about like what is horror and what isn't and we Mm -hmm. mentioned Silence of the Lambs as an example of one that really toes that line Yeah, because I think this movie kind of falls into that same realm where I wouldn't mind it kind of teetering back and forth and you maybe calling it one or the other. I think for people who are huge horror fans, they're gonna be, they're gonna put this more in a thriller yeah. category just because it's harder maybe to scare us. And but I think for someone who's maybe a little bit more of a novice with the horror genre or isn't as big of a fan, I do think this movie could be scary to them. Mm-hmm. I know for us <laughs> in the screening there were a few people who were getting spooked um, <laughs> fairly often in this in this movie. So I think depending on the person, it could fall more one way or the other. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> um, and uh, I think I think to add to that too is I think the pacing of the movie. Um, this is definitely yeah. a slow burn. So if that's not your style of movie, you may have a little bit of trouble getting through this one. Going to be just honest with you guys. Um, because a lot of the moments uh, with our with our lead actress, it's a lot of just kind of following her around and watching the world manifest around her and getting more clues about her situation and the people around her. As things start building up, the tension and things start to ramp up. But especially in like the first half or so, it's a lot of just establishing environment and atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And if that's not your jam you may have a hard time making it through this one. Yeah, and this is something that we learned because when we went to the screening, the main actors are two, the, 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 what I'm trying to say, <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to say is our two lead actors were at the screening and did a Q&A afterwards. And something that they discussed during that Q&A was that this uh, movie was a, a product of COVID mm-hmm. uh, as far as they shot it whilst we were in the midst of COVID. So very heavy precautions especially because they were not shooting it in the United States. So Mm -hmm. it was pretty heavy as far as restrictions. That aids very well to this movie because for a majority of it, we're following, yeah, one specific character that sometimes peters into two characters. Mm -hmm. But it's a very isolated film in that sense of, yeah, you're right. It's a lot of times of just kind of watching our main actress navigate this world Mm -hmm. and just watching her deal with the situation that is before her. And I think that can feel, I will say, I think they're very successful in making that interesting, especially visually. It still feels really dynamic. So it doesn't ever feel like, oh, here we go again. Mm -hmm. Hitting the streets once again. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't (laughs) ever feel that way for me. But I could I can definitely say you kind of have to be aware that this is a very pared down story in the sense of we're not getting a ton of 
characters and a ton of different stories melding through. It's like straight shot. This is our main character. This is who we're following. And this is her story. And you just have to live and like breathe through that with her. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're yeah, you you might get into that mood where your like mind could wander if you're not prepared for that kind of a story. Exactly. Yeah. And with this being like a thriller and with a title watcher, it's it's a very simple premise. You know, you have this isolated character who has this feeling that she's being watched by someone else. And this whole um, notion of like, is someone following you? Like what's going on is something that's very um, or is often seen in a lot of thrillers. I will say that I think the formula used in this movie isn't something that we haven't seen before per se. But when we get into it later, I think some of the techniques that they use are just so masterfully done that it takes an age old formula and spices it up a little bit. There are so many moments when you can see the attention to detail. And I think it really aids in pushing the story forward and taking something that is a slow burn, slow story, but keeping you engaged and keeping you on the edge of your seat. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're totally right as far as this is not brand new territory. This is a place and a story that we have maybe been to before and heard before, but Yeah, it's just done very solidly and very well. Even if I felt at times that I was like, oh, this kind of reminds me of X, Y, and Z, I didn't really care because I was still really excited with what they were doing with it. Mm -hmm. And it still felt very true to this story. Like, I feel like they do just enough where they made it feel new and specific to the story, even if I was like, oh, okay. I can see what movie they're pulling from. And I think a lot of it feels very fresh and new, specifically because we have a newer director and I feel like her voice kind of carries through really well. I feel like she knew exactly what she wanted to do when she did it, which I always appreciate. Like I said, there's not a lot of meandering in this movie. And I think that's a huge pro is that, They stuck to their guns. They knew the story that they were telling and that story was what was most important. And so that was super successful. But also too, like the acting in it is just really, really great as well. And Mm -hmm. I think that's so important for a movie like this because if it's not, then what else can you lean on? Like now what What am i going to do focus on my popcorn the whole time like what am i supposed to do in this in this theater now but luckily it it all tied together pretty well so even if it feels like a story that maybe is familiar i don't that's not a con for this movie for me because i there are tons of stories that are familiar and like as long as they're good i kind of don't care same yeah we just talked about it, truth or dare. Shoot. <laughs> true. <laughs> How many have I seen? And I still like the 2017 one. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> but yeah, we definitely had a blast watching this one. And now, granted, we did get to go see an early premiere of this one. So we did get to see it in theaters. But before we kind of go into the spoiler section and break things down, personally for you, Erica, would you how would you recommend seeing this movie? Do you think people should go out to theaters to go see it? Do you think they could watch it at home? What's kind of your vibe on it? I think that although 
like the visuals played really well for me on a big screen. It was like pretty cool to see it on a big screen. Also, they played the like Shutter logo, the like doo doo <laughs> at the beginning, and for some reason, it gave me goosebumps. I think because I've never seen it on such a big screen. Same. But, like, it was so exciting. <laughs> Something about it made my toes curl, and I was like, "Oh, sucky now." <laughs> it was literally in two seconds of that. But yeah, I think visually, it's pretty beautiful on a big screen but i feel like this is the perfect movie where you could just watch it at home watch it at night turn off all your lights and watch it on tv Mm -hmm. and still be equally as successful because the like the watcher element of this movie is definitely used through the way that you see it like visually and everything but i feel like the way that it's done it'll work on any size screen Mm -hmm. and like still be effective yeah as long as you watch it in the dark i do recommend this watch in the dark because it is like the dark the 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 scenes that happen at night will be better played if you are also watching it at night yeah agreed um i too enjoyed our experience at the movie theater but i do think that this is a Fully enjoyable one at home. However, um, if you're curious enough and you do want to see this, I don't think you'll necessarily regret um, going out to your local theater and catching this one if you can. But shall we stop biting our tongues and really talk about this movie, Erica? Is it time? Yeah, let's get into it. All right. Well, then, homies, We are entering into spoiler territory, so you have been warned, but we are today talking about Watcher, which came out this year, 2022, directed by Chloe Acuno, with a screenplay from Zach Ford, along with Chloe Acuno, starring Micah Monroe as Julia, Carl Glussman as Francis, and Bern Gorman as The Watcher. Julia, a young Hollywood actress, relocates with her partner Francis to Romania after he receives a promotion at work. Desperate to please his new bosses, Francis spends most of his time working in the office, leaving Julia alone in their spacious apartment. Julia does her best to adjust to her new life, but she can't shake this feeling that someone is watching her. And with a serial killer on the loose in her new town, a lone voyeur may be the least of Julia's worries. Insert Vodka on the Rocks, murderous moviegoers, and a neighbor packing some serious heat here. Our film concludes with Julia fighting to prove that she's being followed before her stalker catches up to her. But with her newfound isolation, will she be able to crack the case before she falls into the spider's web? Also, relax, Julia. It's just a cat. Roll credits. Jump scare cat. (laughs) He's in the room. You never knew. Bet you didn't see. What a twist that would have been. <laughs> if the cat was the watcher mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah. If the cat was the if the cat was the the serial killer, the spider. The spider. Yeah. Which I mean is the same thing as the watcher. But I don't know why like saying 
seeing a newspaper headline that says like cat identified as the spider <laughs> which is the mugshot of the cat <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but what a twist would have been, been just for them to get all the way to the end and the cat to just stand on its hind legs and be like damn it i almost got away with it too <laughs> yeah <laughs> you would have minded your own business <laughs> Um, another spoiler alert, it's not the cat, in case you guys were wondering. <laughs> no, it's not the cat, but the cat does wreak a little bit of havoc. It in truly this movie. does. It really, not, really does. Not death related, luckily, but enough to be an annoyance to <laughs> to Julia. <laughs> Very true. Um, but all right, let's hop into the nitty-gritty about this. Erica, talk to me. What is in your notebook? Okay, so this is actually something that I meant to mention um, after we saw the movie the first time and I forgot because you're right. We did talk about this movie a long. We had to wait like 20 minutes for our Uber (laughs) after this movie and we spent the whole time talking about it and I forgot. I did want to mention there is a part in the beginning that like they're in the car when they're first arriving Mm -hmm. and it's Julia and Francis. Francis, yes. Julianne Francis. And her hair is like wavy mm-hmm. in the back of the car. And then as soon as they get into the apartment, it's like bone straight. <laughs> that is something that I wanted to say because it threw me off when we were watching it. And I was like, Julia, when did you straighten your hair <laughs> on the way up to the apartment? But it did throw me off at first when we were originally watching it because I was like, they definitely shot those on two different days. Two different days. days, right. Maybe it was just she felt the watcher watching her and her hair just went, like, went <laughs> completely straight from a fear that she had <laughs> internalized. But I will say this first. So after that, after the cab and they get into the apartment, which is a very cute apartment. I actually really liked their apartment. Oh, yeah. But I will say that this first beginning shot, I was such a huge fan of. It, funnily enough, reminded me also of like one of my favorite parts of the Candyman remake, where they like zoom out of the window, uh, and yeah, then we're yeah. on, and then we're outside of the apartment building. And in this movie, they're like getting frisky on the couch which please pull your shades you're in a build you're in an apartment now that has all glass <laughs> windows mm-hmm. pull the shades but no they're like getting into it but we pan out from them and pan through the window so it feels like we are now at a perspective of someone looking in through their window and watching them right which sets the tone immediately for what this movie is about mm-hmm. and it's just a really nice shot because the lighting of it is very warm inside of their apartment and it's like really glowy and feels really romantic but then it also feels really weird because we're just kind of it feels very invasive of us to like be watching them through the window for some reason watching them through the window feels weird but had they have just stayed in the room it would have just felt like oh yeah like let's get it on let's get it on (laughs) yeah let's get it on no i agree with you uh it definitely sets the scene and i love the color contrast between like inside the apartment to like outside when we're in romania and Mm -hmm. granted it's beautiful city that they're in like the architecture and everything is fantastic but with the way that it's shot um a lot of times we see uh julia 
when she's like wandering through the town and whatnot, things are very almost like grayscale in a way. It's like, it mm-hmm. feels very muted, all of the coloring. And I think it, it creates this nice contrast to what you would think would be a fun experience, right? She's in a new town, new place, a new start, new beginning, all this stuff. But it feels like every time she leaves the safety of her warm apartment, things just get cold and dark. And it just feels like something is off. Despite the fact that, you know, she's walking by some beautiful structures. She's getting to see a lot of the town. And, like, everything seems normal. But it also just seems off. Like, something just feels like a smidgen off. And that feeling lasts for the entirety of the movie, which I think is great. I think it really adds to the suspense. Yeah, and it's interesting because, like, you do, I do think that a warm light kind of gives this feeling of, like, yeah, intimacy and safety and just you feel really nice and cozy with that sort of a lighting and yeah when she's in her apartment it typically has that sort of a lighting so i think you get lulled into this sense of security where oh yeah when she's outside maybe things are a little unsafe but then when she's in her apartment like she's good to go which is also not true like it's true to a certain degree because nothing does happen to her when Mm -hmm. she is in her apartment but she is also at her most vulnerable sometimes when she's in her apartment because we see that this person has like a clear direct line to look into her and see her whereabouts and like if she's home is she not home yeah what is she doing is she alone which most of the time she is is in this movie which i had mentioned before is her loneliness is a huge Killing aspect. Her. Wait. Does. Oh, uh, yes. Okay, I was mind. like, I know this. I know this song. <laughs> Sorry, Brittany. <laughs> I was just taken aback. <laughs> you only got like three words of lyrics, so you're fine. <laughs> That's true. But, oh, <laughs> never mind. What? No, you got to say it now. I was going to say, I was going to say one time, Anthony was like, he was like, guess this song. Let me show you. And I was like, excuse me excuse me he's like he's like let me show you and i couldn't for the life of me guess what it is Mm -hmm. do you know what song he was trying to say absolutely not we discovered he was trying to say now this is a story The insistence for me, let me show Show you. I was like, what? Oh, Anthony, I don't know if we're going to keep this in the episode, but if we do, we love you, Doug. Yeah. Hopefully, he lets me keep this in to be determined. (laughs) But yes, her loneliness and her isolation is like a huge aspect of this movie. And I think for her mental state and a majority of the time, she is lo- like alone in mm-hmm. her apartment. Yeah, like most and... of the movie is just with Julia. Like, yeah, the other characters will peter in and out, but like ninety percent of the movie is following Julia. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, it's it's always this like really nice warm light behind her, and then she's like looking off into this darkness mm-hmm. and looking into these other 
apartments. But of course, when we get to our watcher, like his lighting is so dark mm-hmm. in his apartment. It's like just enough where you can see that there's obviously a silhouette of a person there. Right. But so different from hers in the sense where hers is like opening you up to her entire apartment. Like it's not, you're not just, she's not really, sometimes she is, sometimes she's in the dark, but most of the time because the the motives are different mm-hmm. like she doesn't ever feel the need to hide yeah like because when she's looking through her window where for someone who has maybe more nefarious reasons to be looking out of their window like the lighting and in, in their apartment is so different mm-hmm. now i will give julia this is i feel like from the moment she finds or she realizes that somebody is clearly looking into her window right she's real bold about it like, well because in this case we have to clarify he, he's not it's like a, a separate apartment yeah. building so they're, it's they're not across, like he's just outside of her window like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no this is across the way and the what, what i think is interesting um despite her bravery is the setup to the psychological thriller aspect of this movie which is this whole notion of whether or not someone is in fact actually watching her mm-hmm. because Julian Francis have these ginormous ass windows, like massive. Yeah. Like even panoramic. A panoramic view into their <laughs> apartment. Like even if I didn't want to see what was in their apartment, I feel like if I looked out my window and I saw yeah. an apartment with windows that big with such a clear view into somebody else's life, I'd probably peek. Why yeah. not? What choice do you have? They're they're tipping your hand. They're saying <laughs> you must look in <laughs> into my apartment because yeah, it's like a full wall basically. It's like the the living room isn't even really a wall. It's like it's windows. just all window. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like in that respect, I like the setup for that because I don't think it's too ridiculous to say that somebody would just be curious and be looking into their window, right? Um, now the fact that they're doing it every single night is when it gets suspicious. And I did like that at some point, um, they were wise enough to put blinds up on the window so that it would cover. Um, and I like that we address the fact that somebody is looking into the apartment very early on. Like, I like that this wasn't like a later on in the movie reveal that it happens like in the first third that someone is definitely watching into the apartment we don't know the severity of the situation but we know that much yeah it's basically like a night too that she looks up and is like huh and i i like too what they do with this idea of that kind of goes back to what i said earlier is and and i think we'll get more into francis later on Mm -hmm. but my first little not pro for Francis, but my first bit of being understanding of his point of view is that in this beginning, it's like what makes Julia safe or like better than the person who's above her watching? Because that's what she does the very first night. She goes straight to the window and looks into other people's apartments, Mm -hmm. like just for fun, like she's bored. And so she like goes and stares across into that apartment building. That's how she sees him. It's because she's looking into other people's apartments. And it's like, in a way, 
you're doing the same thing that you're mad about another person doing. So like, why are your intentions? We know why we find out why, mm -hmm. but I could see how from some other, another person's standpoint. And I feel like a point of this movie is there is a certain amount of curiosity and excitement and looking into other people's lives and just kind of seeing what they're doing. But the line gets crossed where you go from curiosity to intent of harm mm -hmm. or stalkering or stalkering stalking <laughs> somebody in that way but nobody knows what julia's intentions are yeah. and she looks at this person and feels uncomfortable but at first it's like you don't know that they're not doing the same thing that you are maybe they're bored too yeah and they're just looking in your girl you're a light every lamp you own in this house is on so like maybe they're just looking in and seeing what's up so i liked that little it's a little bit of a conflict because I think from Francis's point of view, you could say, hey, what you're doing, the, like you're looking at them, too. So who's watching who? Like mm -hmm. you guys are both staring at each other. Yeah, exactly. What do you want me to say? Who was watching who first? I don't know. Like <laughs> I just got here. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's super true. And I think to the fact that a lot of the um danger is kind of second hand at the beginning like we learn through news and tv that there is a serial killer around in their area and they even pass by as they're like putting one of the victims into the ambulance like it's very nearby that someone is in fact going around and killing people so there is this threat this danger that is present but you know when we talked about earlier this movie being a slow burn um, it really is because they set these things up. They set up that, yes, Julia is being watched by someone. Yes, there is a danger somewhere in her area. But then you spend a lot of time with Julia just existing and acclimating to this new life that she's living. Now, granted, there are these very nice, tense moments where things get strange it's very clear that someone is, in fact, kind of like following her around and whatnot. But for the most part, a lot of the things that are happening feel mundane. They feel very normal. Yeah. And so even though there are some flaws with the Francis character, I agree in that regard of at the beginning, a lot of the issues that Julia is having could be chalked up to just happenstance or coincidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, especially, too, for him well, for both of them, is they're moving to a place that he f is much more comfortable with because he speaks the language. His mother, I believe, was Romanian. Yeah. So he's fluent and he's presumably been there before. And also he's there because of his job. So he already kind of has a built in group of possibly friends that he or at least a built-in group of people that he will be at least having social moments every almost every day that he's there while julia is moving there not knowing the language only knowing him and mm -hmm. not having any reason for her to meet people or go out and about and so i don't think it's crazy to think that oh she's having some trouble adjusting especially because she's in a, a place that for her probably feels very strange mm -hmm. and out of her normalcy. So like, I don't think it'd be weird for him to think that she's just very on edge yeah. and feeling very 
paranoid, especially when you get there and right away you see that there is a serial killer who is not that far away, who just struck not that far away from where you live. Like, I don't think it's wild for him to think that she's just having trouble adjusting and kind of feeling really on edge about things. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, in the beginning, I think he tries to be understanding and like tries to be like, yeah, what's going on? And he does listen to her and is a little proactive and trying to help her. But I think he really starts to rather than like ease her where he falls, I think for as a character and as a husband, because they are married, mm -hmm. is rather than ease her through that and make himself more available and try and help her figure out ways to deal with this and work through this, he's never there. Like he's never available mm -hmm. anytime that she is showing signs of like struggling immediately he's like well i've got this work thing or like oh i need to go to a cocktail hour with them oh they're going to be coming over today and even when he kind of helps like he introduces her to people they always falter to romanian mm -hmm. like it's like two so seconds he, of getting to know her and then back yeah. back to business as usual yeah he cuts her out of the conversation and he kind of cuts her like you, the one person that I think she feels as though she should have been able to rely on to make this transition easier for her mm -hmm. is nowhere to be found right. and is making himself very unavailable. So I think that's just another thing that not only makes her feel more on edge, but then also like makes her feel like she's crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, cause she's like, well, if nobody is listening to me and nobody believes me, then maybe Aim. I am wrong. <laughs> like, but then at the same time, like everything within me is screaming that this that this situation is wrong. Right. And so I think it just adds on to like her feelings of mistrust because she doesn't really have anybody who believes anything that she's that she's saying yeah. he believes it he believes these things are happening but he almost kind of believes that she's bringing them upon herself mm -hmm. yeah and it's even with the character like when she does make a friend later in Irina, it still feels like although she's made this ally and this friend even then it always just feels like julia's on her own like it never really feels like outside of that one night where they get together and like have a couple drinks and have fun, it never really feels like she has any help. And at some point you kind of give up on her getting help and you just mm -hmm. kind of accept the fact that whatever this issue or problem is that she's having, she's going to have to deal with this on her own. Like no one is going to assist her with this. Like her husband's not going to assist her. Even when we get later on and she calls the police, the police can't assist her because quite frankly, and I honestly love the entire police sequence um, just mm -hmm. because Although the police officer comes off, you know, a little, like a little bit, um, what's the word? Dismissive. Dismissive. I think that, I think that's a fair way to put it because he's not like an asshole or anything. He's really just kind of doing his job. And when Julia's presenting her issues, she doesn't really have a lot of evidence to work <laughs> off of. Yeah. Like when you hear her story out loud, it is one of those ones where it's like, damn, I like you, but that story yeah it's, it's got it's a got little holes. watery <laughs> yeah your evidence is just paper thin and a lot of what she's saying is like 
based on a feeling. Mm -hmm. I just feel, I feel like someone's following me. Like I feel like I'm in danger. And he's like, I need proof for my job. (laughs) He's like, I feel like you shouldn't have called me here. (laughs) There's nothing. We have nothing to go off Mm -hmm. of. Um, One thing that I do really enjoy about this characterization with Julie. Well, another thing I enjoy about Julia's characterization is she is so willing to trust within herself and she trusts her gut feeling. She knows that something is wrong and despite people maybe being contrarian to that, she is willing to go to whatever length she needs to keep herself safe because she knows she has this internal alarm for a reason. She's gotta listen to it. I think that's great. That's what you should do. And I like that she is willing to kind of push the boundaries so she can feel safe again and that she doesn't turn against herself. But even with that being a great character trait of hers, this script is really strong and the writing does a really good job where even though that's great, I'm not gonna lie. And and I will say, even for me, as an audience member who presumably is meant to be rooting for Julia, there is a point in this movie that I legitimately was like, she's wrong yeah like it's gonna be that she was wrong the whole time mm-hmm. and this guy has just gotten wrapped up into her like web her story that she's weaved because of this murder mm-hmm. like i was here sat i was sat like it's not gonna be him it's gonna be somebody else yeah I was look at had me looking crazy too. I was like, Julia, <laughs> don't do this to me. Mm-hmm. And I and part of that, I I mean, of course, a lot of it's going to be put on Micah's performance, but also with the direction mm-hmm. too. I think uh Chloe does a great job of leading you and your perspective since you are, you know, kind of like tagging along with Julia. It's wild to me that she's able to craft and weave a story that lets you second guess the person that you're supposed to be rooting for um Mm -hmm. you ultimately end up kind of in the shoes of francis too where it's like yeah i believe you but also like is this really a big deal like are we are we sure that this is a big deal um i also i loved the choice to not have subtitles for this movie Mm -hmm. um i think that really amplify that isolation feeling and at first it kind of bugged me because as somebody who watches a lot of tv just with subtitles in general um i was definitely thrown off when people started to speak and i just couldn't understand what was being Mm -hmm. said i was like oh this is a new feeling um but then you register that like oh this is literally what the character is feeling right now like and i thought that that was such a specific and good choice because yeah, I, I, I think as audience members, we're so used to knowing everything that it's nice to also be in the dark with the character every once in a while. Yeah, I really liked it. I liked that we didn't ever really know what they were what they were talking about. And so we really understood why she was like why she was frustrated because she is meant to be a part of these conversations. She's meant to be a part of these social scenarios and and she keeps getting cut out and then having to piece together what's being said through Francis. So we learn a lot of our information through him as well. Mm-hmm. Because and and even then it's hard to tell what he's not saying right. and what he's being truthful about because you can tell that he's sugarcoating things some stuff, yeah. For her. Which mm-hmm. is annoying because then you never really know 
what's going on and she never really knows if things are more serious than they need to be yeah and so that i liked that too which i thought they played that really well i thought like carl glusman did a really good job of you can yeah. you can kind of tell when he's like picking and choosing mm-hmm. what's important to say or what she should know which but is then, a, uh well it. also super impressive too just from the q a that he does not speak romanian at yeah. all like he learned it for the movie and we even had i overheard some people in our screening who could speak romanian like just kind of commenting like damn this romanian was really good like couldn't even tell that he was a native speaker fool me <laughs> i had not a clue i was shook when he said it as well i was like oh nice it's, yeah it's very good and he speaks it a lot in this movie i almost feel like half of his dialogue is romanian um so yeah he did uh, he did a really good job with that but also even our watcher um burn gorman i think that he he also had me bewitched Mm -hmm. bothered bewildered because i was like anytime that we anytime that we actually spoke to him before the subway scene which Mm -hmm. we'll talk about Mm -hmm. (laughs) but anytime before then when he was confronted or maybe where like julia had the jump and was kind of following him Mm -hmm. he really had me feeling like bad for him like i really thought oh this is just an awkward guy who is like lonely and maybe a little shy and like sad and like things are misunderstanding, especially when he came back with the police. Yeah. After she had, cause Julia goes and like bangs on his door and then his dad answers the door and it's kind of sad cause his dad looks really confused and scared. Like, why are you terrorizing me? I'm <laughs> yeah, just trying like, to watch what? my shows. Yeah, he's like, um, hello can you not it's the middle of the day but yeah when he comes to the door with the policeman like i legitimately thought that he was equally as confused Mm -hmm. by the situation yeah and was really just like hey i i saw you through your window you saw me through mine I thought that was it. Yeah, like, I thought we were cool. Yeah, it's like a beautiful woman is staring at me through the window. What am I supposed and to do? Not at me. look. Like... Yeah, like hi, <laughs> good to meet you. I really, yeah, I really thought that maybe it was just one big misunderstanding, and that's another time that, as frustrating as Francis not believing her is, that's another time where, like, if I was him. Of course, he should be on his wife's side, but I don't completely fault him for looking at this poor man who Julie, who he's, he just found out that Julia went there and like banged the shit out of his door and then was there with some guy who like threatened, (laughs) threatened them. (laughs) And so I don't think it's totally wild for him to be like, girl. Get your shit together. What is going on? <laughs> like, maybe you need to start smoking cigarettes again. Although I, I think at that point she had. I think yeah, th- I think she was yeah. already stressed enough um, <laughs> and already started smoking. Though um, a couple, a couple things I want to throw in there that I did really enjoy in no particular order here. Um, first off, sound design for this movie mm-hmm. absolutely phenomenal. If you've listened to the podcast for any length of time. 
you've noticed us caring more about sound, at least for me, I've been caring more about sound and like appreciating, appreciating it more. And my God, does this movie use it so well in so many places. The sound is just phenomenal. And that's one of the um, perks, I think, of seeing it in the theaters is you get to really experience that and hear everything. Um, Of course, you can recreate the same thing with like a good pair of headphones or like a surround sound system. But um, Mm -hmm. there are just some great moments of tension that are very related to sound. I think a prime example is the movie theater scene where she believes Mm -hmm. she's being followed, um, escapes into a dark movie theater and then is, you know, enjoying a random movie for for a length of time. I forget what movie was playing, but it was oh, it was yeah. actually something poignant. I wish I'd written it down. But regardless, she's watching the movie and like there's a breath of fresh air for her. She's finally able to relax for a second until she notices that somebody comes into the theater and now walks in, goes into the goes into the row behind her and sits down. And like when they sit down you hear it because it is a Mm -hmm. quiet movie theater. And so the moment that their butt cheeks hit that seat, you hear the creak, it goes, and you watch, you watch Julia get tense. You just see her feel Mm -hmm. like something is amiss, but she lets it go. And then a few seconds later, you just hear the creak of that person just easing up in their seat. And, it's just so disturbing the way it happens. Yeah. And there's nothing said in the scene. It's all told through sound. But everything that you need to hear, you hear. You and it hear, really yeah. puts you in Julia's shoes in that moment. Yeah. It's like, because you just know he's breathing his hot breath down her neck. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I think that mo- like that's one of those moments for me, for instance, that feels like a horror movie. Yeah. Like, it feels like it's taken its inspiration from horror like that feeling of knowing someone's behind you but not wanting to look around mm-hmm. and the them like slowly getting closer like that part really felt horror-esque to me mm-hmm. and i like that they did a little bit of a pivot with i think the genre here where i think typically in this sort of scenario you would probably spend a majority of the movie never seeing the person's face who's following. But I think we kind of find, like, we we get to see our stalker, I think, fairly quickly, all things considered. Like, we don't, we don't get introduced exactly to who they are, but we know what they look like very early on, where I think a lot, a lot of other movies and scripts might keep this character in the shadows for the entire time so that you can't place a face to who it is. Mm -hmm. But I like that they put the face there because it lets you kind of question yourself about like, is it really him? Yeah, it's like they they kind of. You see him through like bits and pieces and then you see his face on like a grocery store security camera. So it's grainy, but you can make out enough where you're like, okay, he's like a white, tall guy's probably is in his 40s with like dark hair Mm -hmm. like that's what you know so you're like cool i've narrowed it down to (laughs) two hundred thousand people that can match that description (laughs) but it does make it so that we see the guy that julia believes it to be and although he fits the description what i said the way that we see him and the way that he is described is general enough 
that it's like he could be for sure he fits mm-hmm. the profile but so do so many other other people. people yeah so it's a good way of being like yeah that definitely could be him mm-hmm. but if you're wrong you definitely could be wrong like kind yeah. of a thing but like I think the movie does a good job of balancing that, too, because although you are questioning yourself, it still Mm -hmm. throws in some, like, absolutes at you that, like, it's hard to ignore. I think the boots, for one instance, is a great is a great example where it's like in the moment when she's being followed, like during the movie theater thing and into the grocery store scene, the boots are like the key indicator for her because she notices the person's shoes in the movie theater and when she gets to the grocery store, she notices that they are the exact same shoes, which mm-hmm. we also notice as the audience. Like, yeah, those are the same boots. That is the same guy. One hundred percent. But even with these like absolute bits of knowledge, you're still just like, but is it that guy, though? Like, are yeah. we sure? Is it that guy? And then it's also like, OK, so, yeah, say that's the same guy who was creepy in the movie theater and is creepy now. Maybe this was a one-off weird situation. Who's mm-hmm. to say that this is the same guy yeah. who's in the apartment? Who's to say that this is the same guy who you feel like is following you? Maybe this was just a weird one-off instance where you're walking down the street and some guy saw you and got fucking weird mm-hmm. and was like, I'm going to follow her. But she believes it's all connected. Yeah, Like that's what she is very adamant about whilst we as the audience aren't so sure. Like, mm-hmm. we don't know if these are isolated incidences or if it is connected, which it does end up being connected. But that's the biggest, I think, question mark throughout this movie is, is she putting all of this stock on one person who was just like a blip mm-hmm. in time? And now I think the for me, the big shift for this movie really happens after Irina's disappearance, right? Like, after that yeah. sequence, I think, is when things really ramp up. And the kind of question about whether or not this guy is the Watcher, I think that answer becomes a little bit more clear as time goes on. But it's right around that time that we, you know, for whatever... for whatever reason um lose irena because we don't really know what happens to her like she's there they meet up there's this instance where she hears something in their apartment goes in there to check she's not there but you know there's nothing wrong but we don't see that character again for the rest of the movie and that was like the one ally that she made so like losing that really felt like the damn like the one person i could count on i've lost her now i'm really alone because at this point um, Francis is kind of over her shit and like he's I think far more focused on his job and pleasing yeah, his bosses and getting stuff getting a promotion than, yeah and getting a promotion <laughs> than trying to salvage this relationship with his wife and so you know you see her take things into her her own hands up until well, actually let me jump back a little bit her following the guy Again, another moment of absolute bravery okay. from this character, because like big balls, McGee couldn't <laughs> couldn't have been me, because she follows him to a CD location to what I would call a death den if I've ever seen one. <laughs> when she walked down those stairs into the dimmest lit like alleyway that also looked like people were living there, maybe mm-hmm. and. She just kept going 
Bro, I was like, you are fearless. <laughs> you are. I w- wouldn't have even made it down the stairwell, let alone kept weaving, bobbing and weaving through the t- like hallways. Homegirl was salsa dancing with death down there straight <laughs> up. She said, how do you do, sir? <laughs> and death was like, bitch, are you sure you want to be down here? <laughs> um, but that. I mean, that sequence was for how bold and kind of dumb it was in a way. It was it was nice because I did think that it aided in putting more veil onto the story because we do follow the prime suspect for who's going to mm-hmm. be the spider, who's going to be the watcher. We follow them deep, deep, deep into the dark alleyways and we find out that they're just a janitor. Yeah. They're literally just going to work. And like she followed him all the way to his job. And then, of course, we see that uh, Arena works there. Mm -hmm. So that's one of those things where you're like, okay, we just found another thread. Possibly. Possibly. But at the same time, Julia, you just stalked a man (laughs) that you assume maybe has been watching you all the way to his place of work and then let him see you. And then hung out there for a while. Yeah, and then hung out. out with your friend and then let him see that you knew her yeah so what was the what was the plan that's what i want to know is it just didn't feel like she but you know and and she is just like a regular person just trying to navigate this situation but she definitely went in this with one clear vision which was follow him and that's where it stopped yeah she She didn't have any sort of plan for when she reached a location (laughs) like what if she what if she (laughs) followed this man all the way into the dark alleyways he just turned around and he's like what's up (laughs) yeah what were you gonna do like or what if you followed him and he did start murdering somebody like (laughs) what were you gonna do (laughs) what was the next you had no weapons you had you had no backup Nobody even knew you were there. Nobody knew you were out and about. Your husband's at work. He ain't talking to you. (laughs) You all aren't speaking right now. And yeah, but it it worked out in the sense that nothing happened to her in that instance. But she definitely put a target (laughs) on Irina's back from this situation. Who then, you know, mysteriously disappears not too long afterwards. And um, at this point in time... It's we're kind of at this weird point, which I like. I like that we're at this weird point because we've got so much evidence to show that something is wrong, someone is following her, and things are happening. But you're really at this crossroads of like, all right, do I believe her or do I not believe her? Like, I, I know I have to pick one here, but like, I'm just not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we have like, I think we next we have the fallout with her and Francis which I kind of spirals into yeah. the latter half of this, right? Into the finale, yeah. Because it's like at this point, especially after the police come and and confront, or the police and the watcher come and confront her, mm-hmm. and Francis kind of hears what's going on, I think he is just at... Uh, his wits end with this situation and he is feeling even more like he doesn't believe what she's going through and of course for julia she is equally as frustrated at the fact that he is just so ready to believe strangers and not 
take into account anything that she has been saying. And so that, oh, they are, they were already on the thinnest of ice Mm -hmm. from this situation. Like they're both, I mean, definitely her more than him. Like she is much more angry and upset with him than, than he is with her because she at this point is, I think that like interaction with that guy really solidified for her that it was him. Mm -hmm. Like she was like, it's not, it's something's wrong. Like this is not a vibe. (laughs) And she for sure was like, yeah, yeah, it's him for sure. And so I think him continuing to still not believe her. She was kind of like not feeling even being there anymore, which leads into a work event that Francis has Mm -hmm. where, it's like a work party that he, him, both him and Julia go to. Yeah. And oh my God, Francis, what the fuck is wrong with right. you? Like, even if up to this point, even if I had even a sliver of like, hey, dude, I get where you're coming from. This is a really sticky situation. This is the point I think where Francis leans into, oh, so you never believed her at all territory mm-hmm. and like, you were trying so hard to fit in with your friends that you've just completely made fun of your wife the whole time Yeah, that you've been, and you knew she was legitimately scared and like alone back at the apartment. And you've just been making fun of her fears the, the entire, entire time. time. This is exactly where Francis made the not shit list because yeah. my man's truly in this moment. And apparently in subsequent moments was not shit. Uh, because yeah. he has the absolute audacity with his with his lovely wife on his like r- by his side to start talking yeah. shit in Romanian to his boss and his work friends, not knowing that because she cared so much, she has been learning Romanian this entire yeah. time for you, my guy, for you in this new for situation. You. And so she picks up. On what he says, which is a, basically like, like, oh, she's complaining about being alone all the time. Well, at least she has the the spider, the serial killer, to keep her company. It's like, yeah. what kind of a douchey statement is that? First of all, that joke isn't even funny. <laughs> so I don't know why you guys are sitting over there hee-hee and ha-ha. <laughs> like, you just told the best joke. Like, that's not even a funny joke. And secondly, I'm like, yeah, dude. You didn't think that she would pick up on an, on any Romanian in this time that you guys have been there? And so you think that you can fall back on that? And, like, the thing about it, too, is it's very obvious that this is a joke that is gone past just him and this other guy because even the main boss like had wind of it familiar with yeah yeah, is familiar with what they're saying and is kind of like hey no it's all cool so yeah it sucks because it's one thing to think okay yeah we're having these issues and like we're having this you're you're not trusting me and we're trying to work through that but then to know that every it's like to know everything that she's been saying to him has been possibly being passed back to these strangers once again mm-hmm. it's like dude do you have any respect for me at all because even if i am totally wrong even if i'm completely off base with what i'm thinking 
it's obviously serious and real to me. Yeah. So, like, help me. Like, <laughs> fucking help me somehow. Don't just go making jokes around the office. Right. This ain't about your water me. cooler talk, my guy. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this, and, and you're the one who leaves me alone all the time. Yeah. What else am I supposed to do? <laughs> I don't want to be alone at the apartment, but like, what do you want me to do? You're mm-hmm. not there. Yeah. So, yeah. huh? <laughs> Francis really dropped the ball in that moment. And then, you know, this leads to clearly Julia being like, you know what? Fuck this noise. I'm I'm going back. I'm leaving. I, I've had enough of this. It's time to move on. Um, it. And it leads to one of my favorite sequences in the movie, which is the train. Um, <laughs> just because, mo- mostly because we really get to see uh burn gorman work in that mm. moment because we've gotten to see the watcher we've we've seen the guy that we think is we think is the watcher but we still have only heard like maybe a word or two out of him we haven't gotten to really talk to this guy but she's you know at she's by herself at, in a subway station which I'm like, ain't nobody else take the train at this time? Like, how late was it? It must have been late. And also, too, I was like, that's when I knew it. Then it got solidified. At first, I said, okay. And then it was like someone stamped it down with wax that Francis wasn't shit. Because I'm like, you really let her run off into the night in fucking Romania where she doesn't know anybody. And you just let her run off in her high heels, <laughs> apparently late at night, and didn't even try to follow her at all. At all, my dog? Like, nah, he really wanted that promotion. That promotion was everything. He must have. That champagne must have been slapping because he said, <laughs> I'm going to go back and get another glass. Because, yeah, he doesn't try and follow her at all. So, she, yeah, she's by herself on the train. And... In that moment, um, we get the not watcher up until until this point decides to show up after the train has a malfunction because, well, not a malfunction. There's something on the track. There's like a dog on the track. So the train has stopped for a moment. And he takes this time to come and say hello and, you know, clear the air with our dear Julia. Yes. He goes into her car and sits um, directly across from her and... Basically what he this is the moment for sure where it gets where it is shown to us, the audience, that, yes, this guy is definitely no good. Like he Mm -hmm. is definitely no good, because whereas the last time we had seen him, he was a little bit more on like the, hey, I think this is all a misunderstanding. I'd love it if we figured it out. Now he is sat there demanding an apology from Julia in a very aggressive manner and also just kind of saying things where it's like he's trying to make her seem like he's trying to make her feel crazy, but Mm -hmm. being really intense and really aggressive and really like smug about it. And you Mm -hmm. can tell that he's enjoying her fear, like enjoying that she's uncomfortable. And then... (laughs) And then Julia looks at the bag that he's carrying, the Mm -hmm. plastic like grocery bag that he is carrying. And Mm -hmm. it looks to be the outline of a severed human head, specifically Irina's head. Mm -hmm. Now, 
it's kind of played in a way where it it's it, that's what it looks like yeah it's never confirmed for sure but if it is i know man's wasn't walking around with the back of head <laughs> With a head in a bag. Like, and you can't. Maybe he was, though. You're that confident. You're My man that is confident. that bold. It ain't nobody going to catch me. Ain't nobody going to. I walked straight up to her apartment and shook her hand. Ain't nobody going to catch me. Not in the CBS <laughs> bag. It. I mean, maybe. Because maybe when it was rolling around in there, it wasn't so obvious. Maybe that's why he took the train so late. He said, I can have my my head bag because I know nobody's on the train. But I'm just like, that's bold, bold. <laughs> Ain't no fucking way. Now, <laughs> now, all right, not a doctor by any means, right? But say that it was the head in the bag. Right. It was a very clean bag. I want to throw that out there. Yeah. For the, for those that have seen and haven't seen, when you look at the bag, it does, in fact, from our perspective, look like there's a head in the bag. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's no blood. There's no, like, there's no indicator other than the silhouette of a maybe head right. that there is a head in this bag. But there is enough implied in the moment, especially with the way that this character is acting, it is very easy to believe that this is the type of person who would, in fact, yeah. carry a bag around or carry a head in a bag, in a bag. just mm -hmm. willy nilly all around. Yeah, just for fun. I'm also like, where are you coming from? <laughs> where, where did you bring this head? Where is this head going? What is the, what is the route that this head is taking? Had you not run into her on yeah. this train, what was the actually? You know, what, I take it back. Maybe I don't want to know what you were gonna do with that head. Because like, <laughs> you weren't. Because he killed her at he killed Irina at her apartment. Mm -hmm. Presumably, a couple of days her. ago. Yeah, yeah. So she's just been in her apartment. But when they came in, he hid in the closet, which I also mm -hmm. thought was like a nice touch. I like how Julia looks at the closet and like almost, almost. goes to check it, but doesn't because he was in the closet the whole time with Irina, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Gagged, choked, slit. I don't know. Something. But so, yeah. So he killed her in the apartment, beheaded her in the apartment. And so where they're riding back, they're riding back now towards that same apartment so he had been elsewhere so he had to take the head mm -hmm. to another location mm -hmm. keep it in the bag mm -hmm. we hope mm -hmm. and then take it back <laughs> to the apartment <laughs> i have to assume he didn't go to work <laughs> i have to assume because there's absolutely no way but at the same time maybe he did because it didn't seem like anybody at that job was checking for him no nah, not really uh, it seems like, yeah, it seems like he could just go around doing whatever he wants. Yeah, but. he's very, he like flies under the radar. It doesn't seem like anybody notices him, which mm -hmm. I think is why he can have a head in a bag. That's true, but I agree with you. The, mo <laughs> the moment before of where the fuck were you with this bag head um, is is very up for debate. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's getting a detail. He got some bedazzles on that shit or something. I don't know. Maybe. But... Maybe they went to the movies. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what he did. <laughs> <laughs> that's what know. he does with all his victims. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I just want somebody to go watch movies with. <laughs> Take to the movies. That would be a very horror like. That would be yeah. That'd do. be super horror. Yeah. Um, 
But they, anyway, they have this interaction on the train. It's very weird, very tense, mm-hmm. very, very just ugh, you feel icky afterwards. Yeah. Um, but then we get back to the apartment and then this is when things really, really ramp up because we're in the like finale yes. finale here. Yes. We're in like the final 10 minutes, probably. This mm-hmm. ending goes quick. Like, yeah. The action is pretty fast i was actually surprised when it ended i was like oh shit that was crazy (laughs) Mm -hmm. because it's like we get back now they've had their confrontation but she's just she's not satisfied like she needs to know um so she goes and she ends up going into Irina's apartment well because she hears music oh that's right so yeah so she's at home and then she's notice she's packing up she's packing to leave but then she hears music coming from Irina's room which Mm -hmm. We don't exactly know what that means yet because we haven't seen Irina yet. We don't know what's happened to her, but this is the first indication that anyone has been in that apartment for days now, it yes. seems. Yes. Um, so she goes to investigate, and lo and behold, we find the severed or the body of Irina with the head being severed. Mm-hmm. And then before she can react, she's got a bag thrown over her head. She's presumably knocked out. Yes, presumably um, the, the head bag. The head bag, same bag, same bag. So that is absolutely disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, she gets caught. She is now kind of in a shitty situation. She's like, she's locked down in the bed. We got, we finally get the reveal that yes, in fact, it was this guy Mm -hmm. the entire time. We all kind of knew, but the movie didn't make us question it. But we did all kind of know that it was him. But he does the grand reveal and everything. Yeah, we knew he was weird. Well, uh, oh, something we forgot to say Mm -hmm. is the thing, though, too, that also makes you question things is the spider gets arrested. Oh, that's right. That's right. The person who says, yeah, I was the spider has been arrested at this point. Mm -hmm. So we are still unsure of how he fits into this whole situation. But now he a killer as well. Um, He once again is like super i this guy's i really enjoy this performance because he's just like so calm through a lot of it even Mm -hmm. when he's killing it's not it's so it's weird to kind of see what he gets out of it because he's just so like methodical and just kind of like lackadaisical about it all yeah. that it's like you can tell that he likes it but not in that like uh, way and like he doesn't that, relish like, in it he's just yeah, like enjoys it, it it feels like he enjoys because you can tell that he doesn't like that he is kind of overlooked in society but mm-hmm. at the same time it feels like he gets a smug satisfaction from knowing that because he's overlooked he can get away with things like this yeah I, I definitely think that's it. And he yeah. even says in his little monologues, too, <laughs> about how um, what made Julia a bit special compared to all the other people he's done this to is she actually noticed him. Yeah. No she one else has. Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She waved at him. And she's even now at this point had multiple interactions with him. She's the one who has actually seen past him just being a regular guy and notices that there is something different about him. Mm-hmm. I think that's what, like electrifies him towards her i think at at that point where he's convinced like okay she's got to become a victim because yeah we're too interwoven at this at this point um and now i personally really like what they do with the setup of this ending because we have all of this 
And then we have this kind of attempt to escape from Julia, but then um, our watcher spider guy straight up slices her neck. Like, Dude, and it happens fast as fuck. Like, <laughs> because we've had this whole kind of plot device throughout the movie where Julia's wall is like he she is a next door neighbor to Irina so the and the walls are fairly thin so you can you they can hear each other through the walls that mm-hmm. was like set up earlier on as Irina was like I hope you can't hear me through the walls blah, blah, blah. and so that's been an element that they've used is like hearing things from inside her apartment and trying to kind of decipher from that what's going on inside of Irina's apartment and so now Francis. She, she can hear through the wall that Francis is home mm-hmm. and he's like calling for her because he sees that she had started packing and never finished and he starts calling for her and right when she goes to say something he went Scat! like <laughs> so fast like everybody no everybody Ooh. was like, <laughs> like in the, in the theater was like oh shit because yeah he does it really fat like you can tell that he was just like i gotta shut her up because it's not like a clean cut across it's like one side of her neck he mm-hmm. cuts but it's enough for her not to be able to say anything yeah like she can't speak anymore she is basically gushing blood at this point yeah and so then we have this whole sequence and i i love the kind of duality of this because we have francis you know literally in the other room and she is crawling like yeah. crawling in her own blood, trying to escape. Uh, we set up earlier on that Irina actually keeps a weapon in her yes. in her living room, and Check so she's like, gun. yeah, she keeps a handgun um, in a little drawer in her living room. And like you see, Julia's trying her best to like get to that weapon. She knows that it's there, but she can't reach it because she is bleeding out. And at mm-hmm. some point, she just stops. And I I like the little sequence where he like lays down next to her and just watches her die just because yeah. I really think that just solidifies how twisted and messed up this dude is where he's like, I want to watch the life leave your eyes. Like that yeah. is some dark shit. <laughs> it's very dark. And I said after we watched this, I was like, she real lucky he didn't go full on and cut her <laughs> head off. Because right? he doesn't. He leaves her, but I do think he realizes that he is a little bit too close to being caught because Francis is actively looking for her yeah. and is right next door. I think he kind of realizes, like, I don't have as much time to maybe, like, relish in this as I would like because, yeah. like, her husband is, like, literally, literally right there. trying to find her and is mm-hmm. right there. And I so, almost got caught in the same apartment not that long ago, yeah, too. Yeah, so. like, like a couple of days ago, so maybe I should get out of here. Especially because he has made a huge mess because he didn't just kill her and... And instead kind of let her like bleed out slowly. Mm-hmm. He has allowed her to track her blood all over this. This is not a cleanup situation. This is like, okay, I got to leave situation. Whereas Irina's was, he had a lot more time because he hadn't made a mess quite yet mm-hmm. when, when they got there. But yeah, so this ending, the last time that I have felt an ending like this in a movie theater was when I saw Get Out. Like mm-hmm. that, like, yeah, like feeling. <laughs> it was a very, very, very satisfying. And it was really satisfying to hear everybody be like, yeah, and like excited for it because you are rooting 
for Julia the whole movie. But I think more than that, more than just rooting for Julia, oh my God, it felt so good to be like, what the fuck did I tell you, Francis? <laughs> what did I say? I told you. Like, uh, something about that was almost more satisfying to me mm-hmm. than her killing him. Like, something about, because uh, she, if like, he calls, Francis calls her, and her phone rings through the wall. So yeah. he goes, as he's going over to go check the apartment, our watcher comes out, and it seems like they're about to have a confrontation, which I honestly thought was the case. I thought it was going to switch to Francis mm-hmm. and he was going to finish this movie out for us. Where and- I, I, on the flip side, I was telling Erica afterwards, thought that he was just going to get away with it. I thought that's mm. the direction they were going to go. I was like, mm-hmm. nah, he's going to, he's going to get away. Like he's going to, he's going to leave and yeah. Francis is just going to have to deal is the with direction I thought happened. they were going to go. Yeah. yeah. But, but so right when Francis kind of goes to be like, hey, because the guy comes out of the apartment and like right as Francis goes to say something, our watcher gets shot from inside from someone from inside the apartment. We all know it's Julia. But mm-hmm. She comes staggering out with her throat slit <laughs> and her and Francis just look at each other and then it ends like that. Dude, the satisfaction <laughs> of knowing that my man's probably felt mad dumb. <laughs> oh, that felt good. That felt good. Because like I said, for a long time, I was a Francis sympathizer. Although he was irritating mm-hmm. and although he should have been on her side, I didn't fault him at times for being a little bit like... Skeptical. Yeah, yeah, for for maybe saying, well, but what about this? What about this? Until this last bit when I was like, yeah, you really done goofed. Like, you are not shit. And mm-hmm. so I'm glad that they pushed us to really feel that way about Francis because it made this ending so satisfying for them <laughs> to just look at each other because Julia is bleeding out for sure but she still has that look on her face like i told you so i told you like she does and i was like yes (laughs) (laughs) that that i told you so was so goddamn sweet Mm -hmm. and i you know i will say uh through the little bit that's out there because this movie hasn't been out too long but uh, i was perusing a couple people's other feelings on it and i did see some people have some issue with the ending because they felt that it was a little bit predictable as far as the Mm -hmm. genre goes. I won't disagree with you there. I think that it is pretty like, if you, if you want to believe it's pretty easy to predict how this movie is going to end, like who the killer is going to be and like what the overall outcome is going to be. And I do think that there are some different avenues they could have taken to go for a maybe more ambiguous ending But just like with Get Out, and you and I have had a conversation about this, um, when Get Out aired and I saw that original ending, I was disappointed because I was like, damn, I want that realistic ending. Mm -hmm. I want that not happy ending where everybody's sad and the character gets screwed over by circumstance. Like, that's what I wanted. Um, But then I heard the explanations of people who enjoyed that cathartic feeling at the end of a movie where it's just like, you're so stressed out. You're so tired. Like you've been through so much on this journey that that little bit of dopamine hit when she wins at the end is just what you need to like really make this story come full circle. 
I, I felt that this time around. And I was mm-hmm. like, I was just like everybody else in our screening who was cheering and so happy that man's got taken down because you wanted to see her win. And although yeah. like I was intrigued with the idea of her losing at the end, I was far more satisfied with that feeling of victory that she mm. got to feel. Yeah. And honestly, I would have been okay if, if she had legitimately died and mm-hmm. like, it, it, it did end up falling on Francis to kind of like end this situation for him to like maybe be left with that guilt or something like mm-hmm. and, and to be fair, that's I 100 percent because of how the movie had been going and the message that we had gotten. I honestly thought that's what was going to happen. Yeah. I really did. I was like, yeah, she's dead for sure, especially because I think that leans heavily into the, you know, believe women when they tell you something's wrong idea. And now the consequences of not believing her over the course of this film have led to this outcome, which is true to real life a lot of times. So that is what I was anticipating there for a while, especially with the path that Francis was going down. But sometimes you need a win. And I do think that this movie benefits for having a win. Is it realistic? No. But is it mm, satisfying and did it feel good after having to see her go through this full movie of because it's basically from the beginning to the end that she is feeling this way and so yeah it felt really good for it to end and i'm not gonna lie like it did surprise me because i really 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 thought that that was the way that they were going like it just it made sense for her to lose Mm -hmm. and so like when she didn't dude i was feeling it and i also think about this though too is it's not a happy ending no. because like their marriage is fucked. Your marriage and she's, is fucked. Bro, her neck is fucked as well. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen with that. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like yeah, not doctors here, but that's going to take some repairs. Yeah, that's not going to be an easy get out. Like, it's not a happy ending because things are not going to be the same. Like, there are, I think tears and rifts within this relationship that cannot be mended Mm -hmm. because of this situation so i don't think it's a happy ending but for julia it's like yes it's the ending that you would hope for her and so i could see how like you could want the more realistic ending because i Honestly, I wouldn't have been mad if that was the ending we got. Right. I still would have really liked this movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, something about that release. It was that pop. Again, going back to the sound design. Good. When that first gunshot roars and just echoes through the theater, bruh. It did spook me. My heart stopped. My breath caught in my throat. I jumped a few inches out of my seat. That shit was it goddamn did, good it did again fucking me. kudos to the sound design mm-hmm. team because they nailed it with this and especially yeah. in that last bit those gunshots sounded like gunshots and felt like gunshots it spooked me and you know what it, i think especially because i've always said this before where in horror movies sometimes i'm like dude pretend like you're dead or something because people like come back for an extra kill or something because the people try and like get up off the floor mm-hmm. and i'm like stay down <laughs> <laughs> but like it it did julia is a clever character mm-hmm. like i think she is a clever person yeah 
And I think that she knows that he enjoys watching. He's not going to leave yeah. until she dies. Like, I, that's very apparent. And he's not going to just watch her pull a gun out of, like, he'll notice that she's going to grab yeah. the gun in the moment, yeah. too. So, like, just cr- crawling and trying to reach for the weapon probably wasn't the best option anyway. No, it's like get as close as you can Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to travel too much farther. But yeah, it's like he's not going to leave until you're dead. And yeah, you can't just like grab it and you're going to pull the drawer open and like be fiddling around with it. Like, no. And so I don't think it's totally wild for her to say, okay, I'm going to pretend then like that. I am dying whilst I still have consciousness <laughs> and whilst I still have enough blood in my body to be able to do this yeah. because see, but I wouldn't have, I could never pretend like with my eyes open mm-hmm. boy, the way I would have been blinking. I would have had to close them for sure. <laughs> but no, I don't think that that's wild because she knows his MO at this point. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't think it's crazy that she did that. Would she still be conscious after losing that much blood? I don't know. They don't really like. I don't know. I feel like at that point, most people don't care. Like we. Yeah. We're, we're just here for that cathartic release at the end. And uh, the one thing I will say um, from the kind of criticisms about the ending that I do actually agree with, but doesn't bother me is the way that this movie ends and the way that it plays out. I do think it kind of taints the rewatchability in a way. Like once you know everything I do, like I've only seen it the one time through. Right. So I, I could see how now knowing who the killer is, knowing what the situation is, watching it again, wouldn't have the same effect where if you, possibly change the ending maybe it would give the movie some more rewatchability if we left it more ambiguous about whether or not she was right or wrong or like if we never actually found out who the watcher was like i think there are some avenues that you could have gone to make this more of like a you gotta watch this multiple times kind of movie however i'm really okay with it being just a one-off journey of like you start yeah you finish and you enjoy the ride. I'm okay with it. I don't think all of my movies need to be movies that I have to watch a thousand times to enjoy. No, because it's like, okay, yeah, I know who it is, but like, it's still going to be like a journey of maybe noticing new things or following the breadcrumbs. Yeah, or it'll be fun to like watch new people watch it and see how they feel about Mm -hmm. it. Because I'm like, you could say the same thing about like Seven. Yeah. Like, does it make it worse that you know who it was the whole time at the end? Or is it just like, okay, now when I watch it, yeah, I'll know who did it. But that doesn't make what they did any less brutal or any less interesting to watch. Mm -hmm. It's just, I'll have a solid answer. Yeah. uh, Like upon every rewatch and, Nah, yeah. that doesn't that doesn't bother for me. But at the same time, I'm a person who likes spoilers. So <laughs> That's not, fair. But, maybe I'm not the best. <laughs> but I mean, I just wanted to throw it in there as just like another a, a quick ju- juxt- juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly just because I do hear and understand that, but I I yeah. also fall into. I think that's a bit of preference at the end of the day. Yeah, and I also too honestly. This might be weird, but I also wouldn't have minded the movie if she was off. Like if she was following the person that she thought it was the whole time and it and was wrong. Mm-hmm. 
Ooh, and it was it, someone else. Who was the boyfriend? Like was, I was literally just about to say that. Like, if it was if it was like Irina's boyfriend or someone else that she had come into contact with, mm-hmm. or or even like maybe a coworker, like one of Francis's coworkers yeah. or something. Like, if that had ended up being it, in our watcher that we have now was legitimately a misunderstanding and a red herring. Mm-hmm. I honestly would not have minded that at all. I actually think that would have been an interesting direction to go through because Julia wouldn't have been wrong. She should have been on guard and there would have been weird things happening. It's just she was placing mm-hmm. it all. On she was placing person. it on a person in an apartment who was looking at her. And if it had just come out that like, yeah, that guy's kind of weird and he was like attracted to her and he was staring at her because she waved. Like if that mm-hmm. had been it, but there was legitimately still someone stalking her separately... I actually think that would have been an interesting idea. And I definitely, part of me was kind of hoping that was the way that it went. I'm not mad with the way that we went because I do, like I said, I really enjoy our watcher and I'm glad that we kind of got to like move through the story with him rather than Mm -hmm. it be somebody coming like (laughs) through like the (laughs) Kool-Aid man at the end, like it was me the whole time. (laughs) I am kind of glad that that was the case, but I do think that this story could have gone a multitude of ways. I don't think I would have liked one more than the other, but Mm -hmm. I do think it would have been interesting to see that story as well. I agree. I agree with that. Oh, could you imagine like um, our watcher guy like at the end watches her die and has to like call the police be like, oh my God. (laughs) I just witnessed a murder or some shit like or that. Or what if he, yeah, if he was watching through and Francis looked up and he was like pointing at the <laughs> pointing at the window and mm-hmm. he's like, <laughs> like there, there, there are a lot of directions the movie could have gone in again. And so if like if the ending didn't satisfy you, I think we understand. But just for at least for us, we were satisfied with the ending that we mm-hmm. got. And I, I also think it's a um, it is a testament to the movie too that. It had so many directions it could have gone in that last 10 minutes because that really what is what it yeah. was like that last 10 minutes of the film they could have taken it a couple ways but oh, yeah, overall sure. that that was a wild ride that i was yeah. happy to be on oh my god yeah i enjoyed every minute of it and like i really liked it's been a while since i've seen a movie in a theater that's been that full mm-hmm. and had just like honest like raw reactions to it and this was a really good movie for that i actually really enjoyed that it enhanced my experience i will say sometimes i got scared by other people's reactions (laughs) more than i from the movie but like i don't know it was kind of fun to see especially because a lot of those people had worked on the movie or knew people that worked on the movie or like were connected in some way to people who worked on the movie and it was really exciting i don't know there's something really exciting about seeing them cut watching them watch it come to fruition mm-hmm. that like really had me jazzed so yeah i was i was like super pleased when we got out of the movie especially because i didn't have any expectations going in right I really didn't yeah same and so i was definitely blown away um also in, in parting thought micah monroe is such a gem uh just yeah. personality wise she is so nice um yeah, it was very pleasant to hear awesome. her talk about the experience along with carl as well he was super he was a really cool <laughs> he guy <was> really funny <laughs> he, carl is a really funny guy actually but um also in that realm too it's nice to see um we were having conversations about it too about kind of like the passing of torches for like scream queens and i think like yeah. um from jenna ortega to anya taylor joy and i think micah monroe as well is like we're definitely oh, for see- sure. we're definitely seeing a kind of a new wave in the realm of scream queens and i'm 100 percent 
here for the roster because everybody's out here yeah. killing the game right now yeah because she's been in a, a ton of i mean she her career started from being in horror movies with it follows and the guest mm-hmm. and then you know now this and she definitely does tend to go for darker material but she's so great in it yeah so i'm like anytime i see her in something i'm like you know what let me check that out. Let me, let, me go see that. let me just go see it because I, I feel like I'm going to like it. Um, but yeah, so that was Watcher. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to figure out now what to rate it out of. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm really leaning toward um, heads, heads in a, or head bags or heads in a bag. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was also trying to figure out how to phrase it, but I think heads in a bag. <laughs> is gonna be the go-to i i'm i'm fairly certain we won't need to use that one for a while so yeah i can't imagine us pulling that one out anytime soon but dude if i'm wrong i will i will drink pickle juice i don't know i couldn't think of something that i was like let me make this something easy so i'm not doing anything too crazy (laughs) committed too much here yeah um but all right uh, i'll go first if you if you don't mind i i think Overall, despite loving this movie, um, it is one that I don't know if I'm necessarily going to watch again anytime soon just because, like, the experience is really good. But I think overall, it takes a kind of age-old genre and idea, doesn't do something really new in that regard, but refines a lot of great stuff from cinematography, writing, um, to sound design that lead to a great movie experience and so for me i'm gonna have to give watcher 4.9 out of five heads in a bag Mm -hmm. um my own the only reason it doesn't get a five out of five is strictly for it's not even really a con but just the potential of the ending Mm -hmm. because i do think the ending could have gone so many different ways and although i was satisfied with our ending I don't necessarily know if it was the absolute best ending that there could have been, but I mean, it's a very small notch off, but overall loved it. So 4.9 out of five. Yeah. I'm also going to give it 4.9 heads in a bag because I'm very similar to you in the sense that like, I really, really was down for this ride. I really enjoyed everything that they did with it. I actually am really excited to watch it again and get, other people to watch it because Mm -hmm. i just think that it's a really it's just a really nice experience uh just watching this movie and especially when you don't really know what is going to happen like Mm -hmm. if you know very little about about the plot because then you really get pulled into this like well what's going on is she crazy are they crazy kind of aspect of it which is how i feel like we were Mm -hmm. but i i agree in the sense of I will always have this nagging feeling of would I would this story have been equally successful if they had spun it in a different way than I think what maybe we were expecting. Mm -hmm. And I will say, although I never knew what was happening, I think that's because in my head. I was assuming they would spin it. Right. And so when they didn't, it was a surprise to me because they went the more traditional route. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it wouldn't have been 
yeah, like equally as good and satisfying if they had done things maybe a skosh differently. So mm-hmm. I always wonder about that. And that's also, yeah, why I couldn't give it a full five heads. But 4.9 heads in a bag, that's a lot of heads. That's that, that's more heads in a bag than I've ever seen. So Yeah, that last head is just missing like, it's missing like an ear. Like nothing <laughs> serious. It's so nearly there. <laughs> But yeah, guys, that was Watcher. I'm so excited that we finally got to talk about it because we've really been looking forward to having a discussion Mm -hmm. about it. And yeah, I really am also wanting to know what you homies that have seen it. I hope if you've gotten to this point, you've seen it already. But hey, hey, power to you. (laughs) I I ain't judging if you haven't because I'd be like that too. But yeah, I want to know what you guys think of this movie as well. So if you would like to discuss that with us, you can always talk to us on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or you can slip into our Discord. That's kind of where we hang out with the homies on a little bit of a more personal level. We have discussions. You can talk to other homies as well. And we also post like notifications about things we're doing in there sometimes so if you want to have a little bit of an extra chit chat about it the link for our discord is in our social media bios as well you can also email us we are homies of horror at gmail.com you can email us requests recommendations and business inquiries and if you're listening to this on the day that it came out that means it's monday that also means that we are streaming on twitch tonight We stream on Twitch every single Monday night. We play spooky games. We hang out with the homies. And we usually have some some spicy little drinks. We also sometimes talk a little bit more in depth about the episode we covered that day. So if that sounds like something you'd be into, you can come through on our Twitch. The link for that is also in our social media bio. And last but never least, if you are so inclined, we would very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts. The more ratings and reviews we get, the better. It recommends our podcast to more listeners. And also, we just like to hear what you guys are thinking of the show. So if you have an Apple account and haven't done that yet, we would love for you to. Or if you're listening on Spotify, you can rate us now. Just go to our page, look underneath our name and hit the stars to let us know how we rate in your eyes. But other than that, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We are excited to catch you guys next Monday with another spooky movie. Catch you next time, homies. Bye.